Episode 55, Between Two Wheels podcast, cycling news, commentary, analysis, and interviews from Northern California. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people get special life insurance rates. Go to healthiq.com slash btw to support the show and learn more. And as always, subscribe and share the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, and whatever the podcast service you use. And for this week, we're also once again on our YouTube channel, uh, Between Two Wheels podcast. Also interact with us on the Facebook page by searching Between Two, the number two, Wheels. And the links will also be in the show notes uh, in the description of this feed. And Shackman has done the ride of his life to stay out here. We have 200 meters to go as Valverde is only just hanging on. This could be the moment, though, that Alaphilippe launches Valverde. He's going to have to launch from a way back, and he might be in trouble here because at the moment it's Fernandez at the front for Lotto Sudal. On the left-hand side, right as we look at it now in the blue, Julian Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe has it, but here comes Valverde. Valverde again coming up. Valverde is on his wheel now. Still 75 meters to go. Can he hold it at the end? He can! It's going to be Julian Alaphilippe! He's done it! He's going to do it! Valverde is going to be beaten! Alaphilippe all the way to the top! And we have a new king of flesh well on! Julian Alaphilippe! The passing of the baton from Valverde to the youth! And Julian Alaphilippe, who had missed this race last year, wins it for quick step. Wow! Welcome again. This is Tyler Yonke, and we have in studio Chris Flower. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. A little tired, a little, uh, little frazzled at the end of the week here, but doing good. Do you, you want to go into why you're tired and frazzled? Not really. Okay. And Kurt? It's a long week. Kurt? I, I think he's uh, he's here in spirit. I don't even think he's here in spirit anymore. No, I think he's phoning it in. Yeah. I wish he was phoning uh, well, it in. Yeah, he could Skype in. We've, we've done that kind of stuff. Okay, so Chris, what, what kind of bike stuff did you do this week? Tell us, tell us a little bit about your, your week, and I'll tell you about mine. Yeah, I um, I had some bike action, and I actually... Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. So <laughs> ventured out on some non-bike stuff as well. No, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, I hit up the local race ride scene just to try and uh, maintain whatever fitness I've gotten. Thursday, yesterday, actually, I went for a run as well, so uh, mixing I, it up. That's not very bike-like. It's not bike-like, but I was feeling a little tired and uh, just needed a, a quick hit and it was easier than putting on a bunch of kit and filling up water bottles and checking yeah. tires and just went out for a jog. It, yeah. You know, that, that, that is a way to, to do that quick, short time crunched efforts to boost your CTL just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. I think if I had the trainer still set up, I might've just jumped on that cause that would have been even easier, but uh, I've, I've since put that away. Gotcha. Well, I'm just going to give a little update about myself. I had a little health issue coming on. Uh-oh. So, well, you, you know a little bit more about it. But uh, without getting too much, um, I I went to the ER twice this last <laughs> this last week for issues that are just bizarre. Um, we did a ra- uh, so last week we had the Winchester Circuit Race in Auburn Crit, and the week before that we were doing some efforts, and I had this weird recovery issue that my heart rate would just not go down, and my power would not go up, and it lasted. You know, you you were towing me around for a little bit. I just could not recover. It was really odd, and then all of a sudden, boom, the heart was fine, and I felt really good for the rest of the day, but it was enough of a little set setback or scare that um, I told my wife about it, and then there were some other things during the week, just wasn't recovering right. Did Winchester. Winchester seemed fine. Some weird spikes, though, in my data as far as heart rate, which were a little concerning. I think it was just um, data anomalies, really. Yeah. I also looked around, and I'm like, there's no one in this field that I'm getting the same, that I'm picking up their heart rate monitor, because we're all old men. You can't get the, the yeah, numbers I, I was hitting. You were in the low twos or something like that, and yeah, there's there's nobody in our field that should be seeing those numbers. No, it, it was 220, which, you know, you do the calculation 220 minus your age, and that's where you start the baseline, right. so it's just, it wasn't. Point is, feeling some weirdness, went into the ER on Saturday just to double check, and by the way, if you ever want to get through ER quickly... Tell me you have a chest pain. Ooh. You're number one. You're, I got in line quick, did all these tests. They're fine. Uh, heart rate was low, and they, they seem to be okay. Anyway, check in with my general doctor on Monday. Go in there, and they hook me up to the EKG. <laughs> it's at 36, which is normal. For, I mean, you know, I'm, I've got a low heart resting heart rate. I'm fit. Yeah. They freak the F out. Call 911. Send this over to a cardiologist. They make me take an ambulance to the ER. 
How how far is the distance between your your general and the ER? It was uh, my general's in um, El Dorado Hills. Okay, so I don't know four or five miles. Yeah, so you probably could have driven there just as fast. Well, on my your wife own. was there with me. She's like, "Oh what?" So she drove by herself, and I'm in this uh, ambulance with guys I'm more fit than. And it seems anyway. Check me. I've been to the doctor. We've got some other issues. I do have what's called a mitral valve prolapse. Maybe this is all part of it. But you know what? Hey, I'm getting checked out. I'm doing a stress test. I'm just off the bike for a while. They said you can spin around, just can't do much efforts. But that's where I am at personally. And what's interesting is there's that uh, book out, uh, Haywire Heart. I don't know if you've read about, heard about that. I have, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the guy, the Gullerts that died, and they're talking, and there were some, some more articles. Basically, I'm, I'm a little more interested in this topic as it is now. And having a cardiac arrest on the bike and those kind of issues and different problems you can have with your heart. So I'll give you some more updates as the situation goes on. Maybe I'll be able to report back to kind of those issues that we've heard about. You know, people having cardiac arrest on the bike, I can give a little bit better insight to it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what you can learn from uh, from your cardiologist as you go through it and if you can kind of apply any of that knowledge to, to what we've seen recently in the pro ranks. Yeah, so my goal is to knock that stress test out of the park. See what I could do. Although I've been eating a little bit too intensely lately, so I may actually have a legitimate heart issue just <laughs> based on oh. my ad. So anyway, how's your health? Uh, sorry to, to captivate the audience here. Yeah, in comparison, no, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm in good health. Uh, I didn't have the same heart issues during Winchester. I mean, it, RPE was through the roof. Heart rate wasn't that high, so I think it was just um, it was a tough course for me. But other than that, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. Yeah, we'll talk about Winchester. So let's just uh, kind of give a breakdown of what things we are going to start here. We're going to talk about, um, okay, so Netherlands, they just display all their traffic furniture in the Ardennes Classic with the Amstel Gold. We had the Amstel Gold. We had Fletch Wallone. Uh, upcoming this weekend, we have Liège, Bastogne Liège. We'll talk about those. Uh, the Giro just had their kind of little warm-up race. It used to be the Giro de, del Trentino, and they call it Tour of the Alps. Hits Switzerland, Austria, and some of Italy. Uh, Chris, you got, you want to discuss your favorite race, the Trobro Leon? I can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Definitely. Uh, domestically, we had uh, the men and the women in I think it was Arkansas, the Joe Martin Stage Race, and now they're hitting up in the Tour of Gila as well. And then, so locally, also we have. Well, I guess those aren't locally. Those are domestically. But locally, we had uh, Auburn, Winchester, Kingsburg, and Visalia. And we'll give a little breakdown of that. Fantastic. Sounds great. All right. Let's just start with the World Tour. Okay. Amstel Gold. Look, look. we're going to kind of brush through some of this because there's been so much racing this last few weeks that it's a little daunting. And you guys want us to do like the Joe Rogan style three-hour podcast? No. 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 We don't want that either. It's Friday afternoon. We want to get out of here. Let's talk. So we're going to just briefly go over some of these things. I did watch Amstel Gold. Did you happen to see Amstel Gold yourself? I did. I caught maybe the last uh, 25K, give or take. So it was um, it was a pretty active race. Um, good result overall. Um, a lot of activity there in the last, what was it, 10K or so when the break yeah. got caught. So. That, that is a spaghetti uh, route. I mean, it yeah. is, it's confusing. It's some blind man put this together with us. Uh, I don't know, something. And it's, it's, it's a crazy route that they take. And I think at the end they do, I was, it's, it's another challenging race to watch because it's early in the morning. So I kind of tune in and out, Yeah, fall asleep a little bit during it. Um, they do a couple laps on the closing circuit. Is that right? So they kind of go through the start finish more than once. Yeah, I don't even know if you call them loops, but they definitely go over the last bit climbs so okay. they repeat that yeah. yeah okay yeah so Lawson Craddock gets in the break early on and he ends up sticking it. I mean I was watching and he was coming off of the break a few times when they're right before they were getting caught and I'm like okay he's gonna do the typical thing you know just get but he hung on I think he was the only guy from the break to still be up there near the top 10 because it was everyone else and then Lawson he ends up what is it eighth place I think I think eighth or ninth yeah I think it was eighth place uh, first, yeah, eight or nine, eight or nine. I don't know. Nine. Um, it was 15 minutes. Uh, well, they had, there were eight or nine in the group and they had 15 minute advantage at one point. And then to get caught, I think as I think Jim Miller and some others posted out his training peaks, his TSS was like off the hook. His power was crazy yeah. for six hours or whatever. His power was like 285 for six hours and he's not a and normalized. It was pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a heck of a day on the bike. Yeah. That's yeah. Impressive. It was. And then um, some of the other items we had here, uh, Sagan, Greg Van Avermaet, Valverde, Jobert, 
and Astana. They're all Astana. They're Astana. all in the, Astana. They're all in the mix, uh, keeping that pressure on. To me, Gilbert looked a little weak and all of that. He did, yeah. And I think it was either just not being able to go with moves or just kind of hanging back in the group, realizing that, you know, maybe if it comes back together, he might have a, a little kick, yeah. but he wasn't in a position to really instigate any of the action. And then Michael Matthews gets a flat kind of at the wrong time. That was terrible. Yeah. Just uh, looked the like there was change. a little descent and then the wheel change came from neutral and it, it definitely looked like it took a, a lot longer than it would if it was his team car coming up behind him i know like people are really interested and excited about disc brakes but um I, I haven't seen a fast wheel this wasn't a disc brake but imagine if he had disc brakes in the wheel change it's just i don't imagine it being a quick one or no they, and then you got to wonder is uh neutral gonna be carrying something that's set up properly for your bike or are you gonna have your your rotor rubbing the brake pads or, or what's gonna go on well, there remember what two years ago we had the whole issue with Froome on um Von two, yeah. where he cracks his bike, he needs a bike, a spare bike, and part of the no, there's like platform pedals. Well, well, the reason they do that is because there's so many different pedal platforms out there. You know, people, that, so they can't have something, so they'd have to have something that would just kind of work. Right. And, and imagine now with the wheels, if you've got, you know, they're gonna have to carry all multiple. I'm sure it's bad enough. I mean, you just talk. You you want to talk later about uh, technology changes with groups now going, you know, 11s and 12s and campies and 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 race right. and SRAM. If there's incompatibility, now you add that that issue too. It's almost like they just have to carry um, neutral bikes more than anything. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a quicker change for the guys. I mean, if if Matthews had a, another bike he could jump onto in that second, he may have been able to stick with that lead group, and he's got a a pretty good finishing kick, so it might have yeah been a good result for him and, and, and you know things change the best part of it right flats and everything out there so then you had uh valgren and kreuzinger uh basically with two and 2.2 k or so they just leapt out and they there they go and, and it looked like kreuzinger initiated that attack yeah. and, and valgren went with and um i think sagan was still in the group with uh van avermet and they kind of looked at each other with the the typical poker face of you go get it and nobody went and yeah, and they didn't do it. So that's how it ends up. Valgren ends up out sprinting Kreuzinger. Uh, Gasparato is is making a leap back. You know, I've, he's won that race three times. Like, I don't think there's, does that, what does he do otherwise? Nothing. He just wins Amstel Gold. Yeah, I don't think you really have to do much else if you're winning that three times. Yeah, right. The finish was kind of tough because uh, Kreuzinger looked like he was really well positioned on, on Valgren's wheel with about a K to go. And wasn't pulling through, wasn't pulling through. And I don't know if he got a little nervous seeing Gasparato coming up, but I think he, so. he kind of took it upon himself to lead out the sprint from about 300 meters. And you're just setting Valgren up for success by doing that. Yeah, he not only let it out, but I think he took over um, around six, 700 meters too to go. So not just he, he's leading it and then he starts to sprint early too. And that's, yeah. I, from what I remember, the point is it was way too early for him to hit the front instead right. of just saying, you know what, you do it. And Valgren wins it, with, you know, hands down. So yeah, not a problem. Okay, then we got Sagan in fourth place. Valverde, Wellens, Alaphilippe, Fugelson, Craddock, Venator. I mean, that is a stacked top ten there. And Lawson Craddock being able to poke his way into that, very impressive for him. I I heard um, that he, you know, a few years ago, I think it was, well, it was just last year, he was really suffering. As a matter of fact, he was getting dropped and riding with Continental guys in the uh, that Colorado race. Uh, seven-day stage race that they had out there. He was having a tough time. I don't think he finished it. I mean, he was getting hammered off, uh, having a really bad year. I know he had some health issues, but he'd been working with Jonathan Vodders, and now he's back with Jim Miller, and he seems to be looking good. You never know if this is a thing, but uh kind of makes you wonder about Vodders kind of driving some of these guys. I know he's taken over a few of them, and I don't know that I've seen like stellar success. I don't know if Rigoberto ran this Maybe Rigoberto is right is working under Jonathan, but um, you know, TJ when he made his big breakthrough, he was uh, trained by Jim Miller as well, and um, then went away from him, and you know he's done well, but uh, I don't know maybe Jim's a key aspect to some of these guys, it could or maybe be. it's when, just a change. When Craddock was struggling at the, you said Colorado was it Utah? It was Colorado. Colorado was he with Giant then, or was he with? No, this was last year. This was last year with, oh, okay. with uh, Education First, and he well. Uh, were they last year? I mean, it's been so many names ago. Chipotle? 
Is that right? <laughs> Chipotle was a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, Garmin, something or other. Anyway, um, good for him. In the women's race, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see that. We had Chantel Black of Bulls Dolman, Lucinda Brand of Team Sunweb, and then Amanda Spratt of Mickleton, Mitchelton Scott uh, kind of coming in a spattering uh, those three few seconds and then 40 fits. So it looks like a break of about five or so. We were up there. Uh, Bulls Dolman, once again, just uh, dominating the scene. So let's talk about Trobro Leon. Um You've mentioned it a few times. Yeah. Your buddy, uh, Damien Goodin, had had the, we posted on our, our YouTube page there, uh, that, that celebration, which is a little outlandish. Uh, but he comes back and, and does a good job again. Why don't you give a talk about why you like this race so much? It's a really, so just from a, the uh, name? the name is cool. There was a really good write-up I, I sent over to you and Kurt just kind of uh, previewing the race after the race had happened. It probably would have been good if I had sent it to you guys maybe the week before the race. Yeah, because then I wasn't interested. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's um, it, it's kind of compared to like Strada Bianchi or Perry roubaix in that it's not always on good tarmac. So they actually uh, route the course where they use about 40 miles of kind of uh, tractor road. So instead of Perry-Roubaix where they're using these, you can't call them pristine, but they're they're kind of cobbles that aren't used for any other time of the year other than for the race. So these are actually like working roads. These are the tractor roads. So it's kind of got a little bit of like uh, blue collar appeal in that regard. And it's... um. You know, it's it's in the nice rolling countryside near the coast. It's which country? Scenic. It's in France. The Tro. Yes, it's in the uh, the Tour of Lyon is apparently what Trobro Lyon translates yeah. to, and it's um you know it, it's it's got a short history. I think it came about in like the the early '80s, and the guy who created the race created it to fundraise money for um a religious school that he was working with, and. If you win, you win a piglet and a poster that's hand-drawn by the race organizer himself. How old is this race? I think it came out in 84. Okay, so. It's pretty young. And if you're the first uh, Breton across the uh, the line, you also get a piglet. So now, it's, is it is it one of those trophies like uh, Chico's uh, the Pascente where they hand the same one out each year? You just pass it along? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know if they same age that piglet. well. <laughs> And I'm not sure it's if there's bacon like bacon after uh, the 90s. Yeah, I don't know if there's a responsibility to, to to kind of keep the piglet or if you can like <laughs> donate it to some group or, or a there's petting been zoo. Some of those races sure. where like in Swiss where they get like a, you know, a huge Toblerone or something like that. Yeah. Or a cheese, one of those cheese wheels. That'd be that's nice. Enough, yeah. You know, we not go in the bathroom for like a year. Right. That coupled with the bacon would be a bad combo. Jeez. <laughs> or really good tasting. Yeah. But no, it's it's a it's a really cool race. It's scenic. You know, you're going through all these uh stretches of gravel. I mean, it's like it's it's some pretty beat up roads. It'd be like, you know, if you sent Velo Promo over to Europe and said put on a race, you know, these are the roads I think they'd pick, because it's like these are just terrible roads. Um it's 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 pretty cool. It's not a, a race that brings out all of the big teams either. So it's kind of some of the unknown guys get an opportunity to, to show their stuff. So last year, Damien Gaudin won, and most folks didn't know who he was. And no. I think that moved him up from kind of cycling's AA into cycling's AAA or maybe even majors. Um, this year was a really good race. It was uh, a break had gotten away, and the group moved to bring him back. And with about 20K to go, I think there was maybe a dozen guys left. And Damien Godin was just kind of falling off the back, chase back on, falling off the back, chase back on. And maybe 5K, 7K to go, the winner, I think it was Chris Laporte. Yeah. He he broke away solo, and Godin had just reattached to the group and just went through the group and started chasing by himself. And for the last three kilometers, it looked like they'd both get caught. And uh, they were able to to hold off the group. Laporte won. I think uh, that was definitely one of his bigger wins. I think he had a really bad um, either Roubaix or Flanders. Um, and then Gaudin, you know, he didn't repeat, but he he had a great result as well. One of the things I liked is uh, Laporte. His uh, his comment after winning was, uh, "I had rage today. I love this race. It's not part of the World Tour, but it's just as hard all the way." And I think a lot of the guys fight incredibly hard for it because it is kind of uh, a pretty unique race a piglet that too i mean if if you're really struggling as a 
you know, mid to lower tier guy. I mean, that's that's dinner for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, port's on Kofidis, so he should be getting at least a paycheck. You and hope. Damien Gooden, he's on Direct Energy, so he as well. Yeah, four seconds. The uh, port won over Goudin, and then Goudin had what another twelve seconds over Yelly Mannerts. So good for them. Congratulations all the way around. Worth checking out, though. the The problem is it just doesn't get as much um, as much video coverage in the states. So kind of a uh, French version of Strade. Is that what you're saying? Not as hilly, but yeah. Yeah, let's say it's kind of a hybrid of, of Strade and uh, Perry Bay. When I've tuned into it, it's, it looks like all those farm roads are already passed, so I haven't really had that appreciation until yeah. you sent me the article and there's a bunch of pictures associated with it. It was kind of cool so yeah. to see all that. I didn't even realize it was that kind of race. Uh, DeBrant's Peel, we had Tim Willens win over Sonny Cabrelli and Tish Benut. That's uh, a pretty solid little three, three go there. Kind of an odd trio there if you take into the fact that Cabrelli's a pretty – Hardy sprinter. Yes. Well, they had nine seconds. Willens was a break on. Well, he, he, he held those off. And then Cabrelli obviously won from whatever group was left there. Yeah. I did not see that. Um, Flesh Wallone, they ride up and down and they hit the Mir de Hui. De Hui. It's a little under a mile climb. Uh, locally, you did a good comparison. You know, I was watching this and I was like, oh, this this looks like uh, kind of like Beatty. This ride we have out here in Folsom, this climb. Yeah. And then you actually brought that up. Uh, separately uh, and did a comparison of the two and they're like spot on with each other. Yeah. I, um, it's a climb that I didn't really appreciate. I've, I've climbed Beatty a lot of times and I know how much it hurts. And I was kind of looking at Hui, Murder Hui. And, you know, I pulled it up on, on Strava and took a look at the, the segment and it's what 0.77 miles at 10%, 397 feet of climbing. And, Beatty's 0.76 miles at 10%, 385 feet of climbing. It's KOMs are, you know, right at about the same time frame with each other, give or take a few seconds. And yeah, watching those guys go up that climb in the end of um, of the race there, it, it definitely is impressive when you consider how painful and steep Beatty is. And Beatty's got a little bit of reprieve right before the finish with a, I wouldn't call it a descent, but a, a slightly flatter section yeah. where it may be tapers down to, to 5% before it kicks back up to the finish. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a really tough finish. And, and to see how those guys are still able to push the pace that hard at the end of the race is, is really impressive. Did you, did you take a look at the, um, the Beatty, uh, KOM and how far down to, till we found some, <laughs> some, some good names on the Beatty KOM? Yeah. I just wondered if you saw my name up there. I, I think you're like, what your third? fourth uh, something you know that that one uh, might have been the one that really killed my heart a few years ago <laughs> i i did a tr- great effort uh, andrew schmizus tends to think it was a tailwind day maybe that's debatable nobody knows uh but did that effort and just uh, after you know i was even talking to my adam switters because he i remember the day he he put his time up which was so it was like him he's like 330 and then there was like Max Jenkins, like at 344, I'm like 344 and some other people. And and uh, so Adam had like 15 seconds and he was like, oh, you know, I did this huge effort, you know, start, you'd like TT into it and do it over the top. And then you're like done. And then I think came along, um, who came along and like destroyed that one? It has like 315 now or something. I think that's Tory. Tory Phillips. Yeah. At like okay. a million watts, give or take. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm done competing in that um, scenario, but. They have a ride out there. I think it's the first of the year, uh, like January 1st. Yeah. That they do how many times you can do that climb in like an hour or something like that. Yes, it's, I've done that. It was not a wise decision. Uh, not recommended. Yeah. I think I ended up doing 13 or 14. Charlie came out that day, did like 18. Yeah, that's insane. I, I don't like doing it once, let alone that. Um, anyway, so that's... Uh, th- so we had basically then you have this race coming in. There's there's a group off the front. I think Max Shackman is off the front of Quick Step with some other guys, and they're coming into the climb. And I'm always thinking like, hey, they're gonna hit this climb. You got to get these guys back. They're gonna just trail off. You know, they're gonna take it, take it, and you know they time it perfectly where they are basically droning him down. And you're expecting then okay, Alejandro Val, uh, Valverde. He's what won it four times in a row now. Right, last four times. He's going to just take it. And he just did not quite have the enough to 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 take it over. And uh, Julian Alaphilippe wins. 
Do you think he underwhelming? He didn't have enough in the legs. Do you think he started his jump a little too late? Did Alaphilippe just have more in the tank and able to pull away? Well, if if Alaphilippe has more in the tank, then I think it's the same that Valverde just doesn't have enough. Well, Valverde <laughs> still rode away from. Well, he didn't ride away from the other guys he was with, but he he definitely uh, took second place with uh, with authority, so to speak. Yes, he did. And you had Vanendert, Yelly Vanendert, to getting uh, third at six seconds back, and Kreuzinger, and Michael Matthews. Still, uh, Matthews was up there. Yeah, you'd think uh, Matthews would be able to, uh, but that's just, it's steep and it goes. And I don't, and and back to your question about did Valverde mistime it? I mean, come on. He's won it the last four years. Do you think he knows when to go correctly? He's just been very lucky before. He's been very lucky. <laughs> Green Valley. Uh, then in the women's race, we had Anna Vanderbergen uh, from Bowles Dolman, Ashley Moulin Paiso from Cervelo Biglow, and then Megan Garnier, Bowles Dolman, uh, American, in third. And they, they, they were pretty much cleared ahead of it. Well, Anna Van Vluten was in fourth, six seconds back, and Amanda Spratt, who we just talked about earlier, um, 17, 17 seconds back for fifth place. So That Bowles um, Dolman team is. Uh they're doing pretty yeah, darn good for they're, themselves. They're kind of the um, quick step of the female reigns. Yeah, right? and I think Megan kind of cut her teeth for a little bit in the NCNCA. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, and I, they they were over here last year at the Women's Tour of California, I believe. Right. Yeah. And we expect them back over here again this year. Hey, you wanna you wanna announce a little uh, between two wheels insight? Yeah. No, that's uh, speaking of the Tour of California. Um, we will be spending a little time behind the ropes with um, media credentials, getting some right. uh, getting some inside scoop for everybody. We don't we, we we applied for media credentials. We got them, all three of us. Uh, I do not know, as you pointed out, how easy that is. Like, do they hand those out like Pez or <laughs> candy, or is it is it actually prestigious for us? I think it's pretty p- prestigious. I, I think we were pretty heavily vetted. Um, I imagine they listened to all the shows to just confirm that we were very serious yeah. in, in our in, intent. Well, we were out there for the Folsom uh, stage launch or an announcement for that. And so, you know, that, that maybe gave us a little bit. Anyway, our, our plan is we're going to be hitting just the local um, Elk Grove, Folsom, Tahoe, Sacramento, in a mix of all that and do our thing. Try to get some cool interviews with uh, try to focus on some California guys. Uh, maybe we get some media people talk to us that uh, everyone may know around. Who knows? Who knows? what? Yeah. We'll Maybe we'll just sit around and video ourselves um, eating bonbons or something. So. I think so. That That's probably part of the uh, behind the ropes experience. The experience yeah. we, we've got to experience all that. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Okay. Any uh, winners and losers? Winners to start with those for the the world tour come, uh, as it's been so far. Can I pick two? Is that fair? Sure. Awesome. So I'll, I'll take Kurt's pick since he's not here. Yeah. Um, first off, I'd like to say Lawson Craddock for... A phenomenal race being in the break for that long and then sticking with the the group that was charging up behind him and then still be around the finishes yeah is, totally is darn impressive and then bulls dolman overall i mean they're just True. dominating over the past few weeks here so they've uh they've really been putting it together so one one race that what else was going on and i'll talk about it real quick and then i'll go to my my winners uh the tour of the alps we'd, we'd mentioned that we we're going to talk about that and we kind of skipped over it's a little prep race Five days, they were, what, Monday through Friday here, or Sunday, I don't know, whatever, it was five stages, and all kind of like 130 kilometers, all climby, Froome's there, looking for, you know, you got Froome, you got Aru, uh, Thibaut Pino, um, Astana's there, Astana won like three stages or something like that, uh, Froome looked really struggling on one, I think it was second or third day, He's uh, there's a long climb, he's like, his whole team, I, I kept rewinding to try to figure out what was going on because they're chasing. And I'm like, oh, did he maybe he had a flat because all of a sudden he catches up to the group and then he goes right to the front. And the next thing you know, they're like on the front drilling it. Well, I rewound again and it looked like he just got dumped. So, you know, we've seen that before where sometimes stage, anyway, it's room. I know you're rolling your eyes. No, no, no not rolling my eyes. It's just, uh, it's an interesting thing where uh, I don't know what the deal is, how he gets dropped and then he's drilling on the front, but he looks pretty good. Thibaut Pinot ends up coming out and winning the whole thing uh, today. Spoiler. Um, but my winner uh, winners was actually going to be um, Ben O'Connor, uh, Dimension Data. He actually won stage four yesterday. And that team, I think that's the first race they've won this year. So, you know, the last few years we've had Education First or, you know, 
the Argyle Cannondale team uh, kind of struggling to get their win. And then Tulansky finally gets one at the Tour of California. That's kind of what they've been going through this year. I mean, um, Cavendish is the only thing he's been doing is winning the first one to the pavement. And he hasn't been win- <laughs> winning race. Well, no, he did win something. It seemed like early in the year, didn't he win uh, maybe a sprint? Maybe in Dubai or Qatar yeah. or, or Oman, one of those. But yeah, other than that, he's been he hasn't been around in the sprints just because he's no been on the on the ground. And the team's not not doing anything else in that stead. So anyway, good for him, Ben uh, O'Connor, and he actually um, finished pretty well up there as well today. How about a loser? Who do you have for that? <sighs> it, it's it's a tough pick. Um, I'm going to go with quick step because they just absolutely destroyed the classics. And then they were totally absent in the finish of, uh, what was that? Amstel gold. I mean, they can't even get on the podium. I Come know on, guys. That's, that's pretty weak. That's embarrassing. What was embarrassing is, is no, I don't have anything. I, I'm not a fan. And I know locally, this is not going to bode well with a few people. <laughs> I am not a fan at all of quick step. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their, their kits. <laughs> like the you don't like the, the wolf pack? I don't. Oh, and the name. You, given names like that, there's nothing worse than than doing that. Who gave him that name? I have no idea. I, I, I would, think there's a video out that kind of talks about the history of the wolf pack, but I I haven't watched. Yeah, it. I, I, I'm I'm going to take a wild speculative shot in the dark here and assume that they gave it to themselves. What? No. Yeah. And if that's the case, f that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my losers are EF Education first. They, they didn't do really much here in the classics um, winning. And then Tour of the Alps, they're non-existent really there. Uh, Mike Woods, you know, sh- should be focusing. Uh, I know he's focusing for the the Giro, so we'll wait and see what they're. But um, there's not much, much uh, to see. Uh, do you know if he's, speaking of Woods, is he racing the age best only age? That seems like a, a good race for him. So does... Uh Oh, flesh alone. I mean, I, th- I thought that would be. Well, a good he was one at the Tour of the Alps, so he did oh, not do that. that. So I don't yeah. know if he's going to be doing Liege. Uh, we can we can obviously take a look and see if that's if he's signed up at all for him. But you know, it seemed like he was maybe going a little better than that the, this time last year. I know there were some races he was looking pretty good at, but you know, he did a little bit different schedule. Didn't go to the Tour Down Under, so I don't know. Um. All right, let's let's hit into the the local stuff here. We got upcoming Liège Bastogne Liège, still the Nevada City Classic on for the classics. Yeah, I, um, I hear that it's still a go. Yeah, that you want to give an update on that and what happened there? It's still a go. Well, it was I think possibly they, uh, not a go for a little bit. Yeah, from what I heard, they lost one of their title sponsors and were looking a little short on funds, so they did a um, uh, kind of crowdsourced uh, effort to get some money and to keep the race going. And I believe Kurt pointed out that uh was city council met recently and decided that uh no it's still could go um they'll figure out the funding as as they go through it but the the race is still on so it's um i think there's going to be a, a continued effort over the next few weeks to try and raise some money to, to get that squared All away right. and that's a great race uh, so speaking of races that are canceled though we have cascade classic cascade classic is off the calendar it sounds like there was um you know based on their Social media post, they um, they were a little ambitious in trying to reorganize the entire event on such short notice. Um, I don't know if they just weren't able to secure permits or if they weren't able to get all the road closures or whatever it ends up being. But off the schedule with the plan to come back next year. And yeah. Then, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so my heart issue, I was planning on going. Matter of fact, my wife just unbeknownst books, uh, VBRO out there. We're, we're set to go. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm got to start doing some training. Then yeah. this little setback, I was like, oh, well, maybe we'll cancel. And then the, the race itself gets canceled. Luckily she got the insurance. So smart planning yes. ahead. So we're not going. So with that, we have some other races coming up tour of the Alps. We just finished that tour Romandy tour to Yorkshire and then the Giro coming up. So some pretty awesome races. Uh, and then Tour Gila is going on right now, and we will probably give a breakdown of, of how that goes. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a brutal race from what I've read. Yeah, it's if you don't like climbing, don't go. Oh. Altitude too, so you got a combo of those two. Yeah, uh, things that make you go hmm. What do you got uh, for us today, Chris? Um, not so much hmm, but uh, Sea Otter Classics going on right now, and that's usually the the point of the year where most um, uh, companies roll out their new gear, new tech, um, then and Tour de France are usually big, big points for that. I saw that Campagnolo is coming out with 12 speed. Hmm. Um, 
I think it's, you know, on one hand, cool. If you, especially if you're a, a, a single chain ring kind of person, it gives you a little bit more, uh, gearing selection on the back end there. Um, obviously they've, they've vetted it thoroughly and decided it's a great plan. The only thing that's slightly concerning is that, you know, hubs can only be so wide. Uh, so your cassette is going to have to get a little narrower on a cog by cog basis. And you could potentially start running into some, some chain line issues where, you know, you've really got to have everything dialed in Perfectly. to avoid any type of skipping or any type of rattling. So it's, you know, we're on 12 now. I think I've only in the past year jumped up to 11. So I, I don't know how far I'm going to be behind, be behind the ball on this and when is 13 coming out and so on and so forth. I know I'm still on 10. So what's interesting, I was, I don't know if you've heard of the website inner ring. Yeah. Um, he does some really good, like in-depth stuff. And usually one of the things he'll do during the year is, um, start of the year, end of the year, I think it's usually start of the year, so maybe he already did one, is what the teams are riding. And I know one time, last year, he did a breakdown of, you know, all the tour teams, world tour teams, and, you know, who's riding Shimano now. I mean, that's a, Shimano and SRAM kind of are the majority now. You know, when I was younger, it was, no one's ever won on Shimano, the Tour de France. It's all campy forever. And then Greg LeMond comes along and has a Mavic-ish type of thing. So, but now I think majority are Shimano and SRAM. So yeah, who's even I'm, who's even riding this twelve? Is this kind of Shima, uh, Campy's way of trying to hey look at us? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody it's actually using it yet. I don't know if it's kind of on guys' bikes and just kind of on the down low for the are time they, being. Are they electronic too? Uh, the twelve speed, the, the Campy in general. Campy does have electronic. Yeah. yeah, I think it's called EPS. Okay, um, and I yeah, I'm not sure if anybody's on it yet. I I haven't dug into the details on it. Well, we'll find out. Any other? Cool stuff for you from Sea Otter Tech. I'm sure there's something exciting mountain bike related going on that is well over my head. Yeah. Uh, So mine is Lance Armstrong, and this is the news of the day, um, settles this federal case with the U.S. government and Floyd Landis. So the initial reports out yesterday, they were were a little weird in around, and who was some of the cycling sites, I I think they changed them to kind of get it correct, but it seemed like they had trouble initially reading what it was and it was basically lance pays the settlement five million dollars to the u.s government of that floyd landis since he started the case with the whistleblower thing he gets 1.1 million of that and then on top of that lance has to pay floyd's attorney's fees of 1.65 million and so lance is out 6.65 and what could he have potentially been out 100 million and that wouldn't bad. have necessarily, I mean, that's what the government could have gotten for. I think that would have been, un- well, what's interesting is they were going to have to show their damages. And you you do fraud, that's one thing. But the damages themselves, that's the, the weird part about it. <clears throat> this has been Lance's argument is all these companies and all these teams, um, you know, think about Trek over this time. You know, all the... They all profited so much from him, even though he's defrauding in a sense, you know, he, they're all like, I mean, the the world of cycling just had a big boost during that time. So I don't know. Anyway, the point is they settled it out. We now we can move on. And would you you have any comments about that? About that? Um, Is, is Landis going to be paying back anybody that did the, what is it? Fun Floyd program? I don't know. It's, it seems like too giant scumbags wrestling right now i mean people have some for some reason they have a lot of sympathy for floyd because he he brought the hammer down on this whole thing Mm. but i mean it's still a little douchey right wouldn't you think yeah i would think so so i don't know i'm a little distracted here in the background i just got a text message from teammate travis retzer who had a great winchester recently he just told me he got third place at sea otter i'm trying bikes no, they do some road like the stuff there. I just I have no idea no, what race he did. Oh, uh, I'm guessing he did the circuit race in the 35 plus one two three. So well oh, done, Travis. Good. This is a climby type of race, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Even the crit I think is climby yeah. there. So good for yeah. He he definitely goes up. Well, let's let's go um, to that. So we had this weekend Winchester uh, and the Auburn uh, Criterium out here in the Auburn area. I can't emphasize enough. I mean, I, I posted out some interviews of just the 35s and talked to these guys afterwards. That race was phenomenal as far as the the weather was good. And we started, you know, fairly, what, almost 10 o'clock. Had to, didn't have to have any arm warmers, knee warmers. 
I may have had an arm warmers. I don't remember. Um, but it was warm enough. Uh, never felt cold. Like for that reason, you know, it wasn't windy, didn't rain. That road surface is great. The community was cool. It was just, it was awesome. I mean, and yet, you know, that road just, that race hammers me, but, um, it was, it was, people have got to come out for this. Yeah. It's, um, it's not a course that's geared toward any of my strengths, but it's, it's really well run. It's a fantastic course. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to do well there, but I enjoy it all the same. I mean, it's, a great fun descent, a bunch of punchy climbs and it's closed roads. It's smooth tarmac. It's, you know, it's, it's an enjoyable experience and it's, it's definitely one of the more challenging, uh, courses that I've been on. You know, you say you're not going to do well there yet. You have guys, um, you know, not taking anything away from Jay Newton who got second in the, the master's field who he's not particularly a climber. I mean, power guys can get up John Novikov, you know, he stayed up with the group too. You can, if you focus and do right, I think it, earlier in the year, I think you would have been just fine when you were riding kind of phenomenal, what I would say. Um, so I don't know right now, but, uh, it, but and what's else is cool about it. Let's say you don't do so good. It's a circuit race. They only run it for us. It was like an hour and it's a, you know, 11 to 13 minute times on the loop. You pull off and you watch the race. It's not like you're stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. I may have done that. And you may have done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anyway, so it was pretty good. We can go through some. Uh, I don't even have the results up here, but we had uh, the interviews. You can listen to that to the last episode. We posted out, uh, talked to Jonathan Baker, who's actually now at um, with Touchstone Racing, and he's out at Gila. So good luck to him. I think defending champ for Gila. Right? Yeah, he. I think he won every single event there last year. He did. Trial, everything. Um, he's out there with his teammate, Jeremy Cottle. And then we talked to Jay Newton of Beats. Uh, we talked to Travis Retzer, our own teammate uh, for Data Driven. He got third. And Zach Morvant, who, you know, won the time trial what a few weeks ago, and then comes out there and and smashes this thing as well. Yeah, I think uh, on the P12 side, uh, Cam Bronstein won. Yeah. Uh, he got in a a three man break with Andrew Shimizu, and uh, guy from Specialized. I'm trying to remember the name. Specialized Muscle Milk Jackson, I believe, and with a lap to go, um, Cam and the Muscle Milk racer kind of got away from Andrew. And Cam won, Muscle Milk second, Andrew third, and then in the in the field for the P one twos, Zach Morvant won the field sprint with incredible ease. So he's he's riding really well. So great results there for those guys. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. And then the next day we had well, there was some other races. You know, we had talked about the the women not having a race. There was one field. I think Ellie Velez won. But she was the only one that showed up in her category. That's got to suck for her. I don't know if they ran them together with with some others. Now, no, no, no disrespect to her at all because she's flying right now. Yes. I mean, she would have. I think she could have won <laughs> if you had a hundred women show up. She might have won. I think she's actually heading down to uh, Redlands. We saw. So yeah, I, I'm not sure if she's just on a composite team. Or oh she, yeah, I imagine because she's not on a team otherwise. Right. Yeah. So anyway, congratulations to her. Uh, then we had the Auburn crit the next day. As I described, I was in the ER, so I did not get a show up. I really was going to, um, but the doctor said, eh, maybe not. But you were still there. But I went and watched anyway, so it was cold. And, you know, we ha- we got a message from uh, Chris DiMatte. I think he was one of the directors. Yes, at, at the I Auburn so. Crit. So he was asking kind of us, the Between Two Wheels podcast, why we didn't show up. I, I gave my heartfelt <laughs> reason as to why. Uh I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Why you didn't? You don't. No, you don't need to specifically show. Talk, you went out there with me as well. I, we, I spectated. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's well, it's let a me, somewhat let me, technical we, course. Yeah. It's, it's got a, a a sharp set of turns after a descent, and I've got a little bit of descending and cornering uh, hang up going right now. So I would have just been a disaster and in the way more than anything. So I kind of opted to to not put anybody else at risk while I kind of work through those little, um, handling issues. Um, but I, I still came up and watched and it's, you know, it's, it's a fantastic course. It's really unique. It's got some, some fun components to it as well. It's got that cool old downtown vibe to it. It's, um, it's a, it's a bummer that it, it didn't have more folks there, uh, because the racing was, was pretty exciting for as small as the fields were. Oh, totally. And, and just, in my defense, um, I pre-reg, so hey, they they got their money out of me. I wasn't there to, to, but the racing was actually 
pretty awesome. It and, was. And for the small fields that we had, um, it still just it felt kind of like, oh, now we're just watching the break. We're just watching the breaks work. And right. it was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. Because there were strong guys. And you get the feeling that even a bigger group, it's going to be similar guys. Maybe the exact same ones. Yeah, give or take a handful. Of but course. yeah, it's definitely a race where, you know, it's, it's not going to come together with a field sprint of 50. I mean, the course just, you're not going to have that happen. So it, it's definitely one where you've got to be on your toes at all times and cover attacks and make sure you're in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, Ronnie leave it. Uh, we got there. He had already gone down, but he went into one of the hay bales on that first right uh, left-hand corner. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but uh, his teammate Zimney ended up just getting nearly pipped at the line by Sayers is in 35s. And um, Chris Baker, touchstone, won that race. You know, and, and this is what's so cool. Uh, I guess the reason I was bringing up this, Dimate was saying, hey, is it the combo of these two races, is it too difficult? Is that why people are maybe didn't show up? He's calling us out saying, hey, is this race too hard for you to go back to back? And I'd say absolutely not. I mean, look, you have the day before Chris um, Chris Baker, touchstone, was having some trouble. Uh, he was a very strong rider and maybe, you know, different day he would be fine at Winchester. But then he goes and wins the, the Auburn crit. So, you know, you have both of those races are not just pure climbers races they're power races and climbers do find there and power riders do find there and it's fun to see the combo yeah i would agree with that um and brian zimney he's got a really cool video of the last couple of laps um from his handlebar perspective and it's really cool to see baker's uh kind of finishing winning move there and it was it was a great attack uh, I did not notice. I mean, I thought we're just standing there watching it that Baker, because uh, he'd kind of been off the lap before going into the bell lap. So I thought, oh, maybe he just stayed away. But no, he gets caught and then dropped and then comes back and snags those guys at the top of the hill. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where the race is won. Definitely. But yeah, kind of to your earlier point, um, they're definitely not. I mean, they're they're tough races. They're tough courses. But the the timing of them where they're, you know, the circuit race is maybe 75 minutes. If you're in the P one, two, they're not so hard that you can't do them back to back. Oh, totally. I mean, people were doing doubles, you know, it, it would be interesting if Kurt was here cause he experienced, I don't know if it was just on social media, some weird mountain bike event that was up there at the same place at the same time. It was drawing like tons of people. I don't know. Tens of hundreds of, <laughs> I don't know how say, many we, other than I went through, Sorry to, to you know, let you go here. Um, I'm coming back Sunday, and we stopped with the kids in Granite Bay at uh, Dutch Bros. And you know they're way over talkative at those places. If you've been, they're like finding all this info about me that I'm trying not to, to divulge. And the kids are laughing, but they're like, "Oh, you, you did you go to the bike race?" And I'm thinking, "Well, actually, yes, we just did." But they're talking about mountain bike because so many people were coming back down through, having been to this mountain bike event. Yeah, um, the the scoop I got from Kurt on it is it's just. It's mountain bikes. Uh, that event is not sanctioned. It's on just some dude's private property up in Grass Valley, and they've got... That doesn't a, sound like a liability issue at all. Nah, not at all. A uh, bunch of just community things where they do, like, kids' races. They do some downhill stuff. They do um, enduro-type races. Um, I guess it's called the TDS Enduro. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing that it's pretty well attended because it is the weekend before Sea Otter. So geographically, yeah, that all lines up well for yeah. some big-name guys. But, yeah, the... The stuff I saw on social media made it look like it was incredibly well attended from a racer and spectator perspective. So I think Auburn could get a better turnout. Um, maybe it has to do with we talked to Sean Bagley, uh, you know, last week about the conf- conflict conflict with his race. So we had Kingsburg and Visalia, and what do you know about the turnout on both of those? It looked like it was better. It was definitely better. Um, I was watching both. Um, my Really, I guess we can't call Winchester and Auburn the same race, but I was watching kind of the NorCal and Central Cal pre-reg numbers as the week progressed last week, and and Visalia in particular was the one that I thought would do incredibly well because of the money and promotion that was being put into it. And at the end of the day, they end up having some really good numbers with most of the fields sitting around fifty people. P one two, I think, was just around fifty. Uh, big names came out. I, I didn't see a lot about Kingsburg. Uh, they had a, a pretty cool pricing structure for the for the payout for winners. Um, it was dependent upon how many people actually registered. And my guess is they they didn't do as well as Visalia, but they still had a decent turnout. Well, let's talk about quickly going over some of those uh, the recaps. So Kingsburg, um, 
P1-2, Tyler Locke of Sport Clean 1, John France coming in second, Davis Bike Club, Owen Jalot of Team Cliff Bar, Jacob Franson of SoCal Cycling, and Matt Michael of Tehran Elite. In the women, Brooke Danaher, uh, no team mentioned, Haley Nielsen, She Spoke Racing, Catherine Gunterch of the Velo Club Legrand, and in the Masters 35, Sam Benedict over Michael Cordova of Teams Mike Spikes, and then Michael Cordova of North Rim Adventure Sports, and then Grunt, Dave Gunman of Tarun Elite. Um, do you want to look at the uh, the Visalia? Just kind of pick some of these off too. Yeah, um, ones that's that's not on here, and I don't have the top five. I just have the top spot. Is um, they did a men's two three race, and um, John Franz won that by by quite a good margin. It looked like he must have had a really early jump on his sprint because he had plenty of time to post up. And I think Sean Bagley got second or third in that race. Yeah, um, he got. I think he got second. Okay, and I think he got third in the masters i want to say 45 to dean leburge okay so sean had a good day you know it's his own race goes out there and, and does his thing maybe uh i mean sean sean can sprint so you gotta know. protect that uh yeah. that winning purse you know keep it in the in the event exactly uh so the p12 looks like um justin williams uh, who we talked to earlier this year at chico just dominated the sprint there as well he had a big jump and, and took the win Second place was uh, Ethan Bat of SoCal Cycling. Third place was um, Tyler Locke, Support Clean Sport. Fourth place was Gavin Murray with Mark Pro Racing. And fifth place was Jeff Linder with Tarun Elite. Is, I imagine uh, Bar Bat stuff. I mean, Tarun, they're still keeping themselves ticking away at those top 10. So They must be. I mean, they've been putting in some really good results. One I saw that was pretty interesting was the Masters. <clears throat> it says 34, but I think it's actually 35. <laughs> I think 35 is a safe yeah. bet. Yeah. Uh, Sam Benedict of Team Mike's Bikes, uh, barely over Rashawn Bahati, uh, who's who's now racing Masters, and then Dave Grunman in third. But it was a bike throw. And you, don't, you don't see yeah. Bahati getting really beat, so... Pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, no, that was a it was a great bike throw, great finish for that race. I, I wasn't sure if it was just those two in a that just got a, a good gap on the on the field in their sprint because I didn't see anybody else in the picture. It could have been. I, I don't know. I just thought the the finish and the out of there just came out of that corner blazing. Must no one else yeah. can hold with him. Uh, so how do we get more racers to these these races? Um, I'm not sure. One thing we got to jump on really quick. Sorry, uh, women's P one two three. Okay. Um, fifth place, Ellie Velez, no team. Um, mentioned her earlier, doing really well at Winchester. So that's impressive to, to go from Winchester down to Visalia. So yes. obviously it can be done. Uh, fourth Good place point. was Michaela McPherson. She's from uh, Show Air 20, their development team. Third place was Daniela Garcia from LaGrange Racing. Second was Evelyn Hound with Jack Roo. And then the winner was Hannah Mugi, and I, I didn't see a team listed for her. I thought she was associated with DNA Racing. Though. Yeah, I think she is, but for some reason, sometimes it doesn't always get posted on there. Now, back to your earlier oh, yeah. question. How do you get more people to turn out? I mean, I think one of the bigger challenges is that both of these weekend events were were pretty unique, and the challenge that I think they were faced is that they were competing against one another just for attendance. Yeah. Um, I think... Winchester is always going to be a race that will struggle for big numbers because it's a little far away from most everything. Um, you know, it's 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 a hall there's for the Bay Area. In and Out Burger on the way up, though. I mean, there is, yeah. No, there, there's, there's a lot to do on the way up. You can stop in Davis and then in Sac and so on and so forth. But it's it's far away for the Bay Area guys, and it's a hard race. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough race where it's like, well. You know, it's 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 one where you're really going to have to to earn the result. Um, I think the biggest challenge there is just going to be the geography. It's just it's a little far away from everything. Um, I think Auburn is one where it's been on the calendar, then it's been off the calendar, and it's been back on the calendar. So I think as long as it gets some consistency of being a race that's on the calendar and after a couple of uh, years guys getting to see the race course and, and getting to see how exciting of a, an event it can be it'll start to draw in some big numbers and obviously it, it it helps to not have multiple events on the same weekend that could potentially draw away from one another yeah and, and chris had mentioned to a dimete um he's going to push to have the race again next year he's going to try to do it on a time when it doesn't conflict with other big races on the calendar he thinks he could get you know a decent size up there 
um, if it's not the same time as the Valley Sale. Yeah, that race, you know, a few years ago, it was good fields. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you have a picture of Kurt posting up. I think, uh, I don't know if he's winning the threes or the 35s or, or maybe just in the threes and posting up with a great win. And there's a decent group of cyclists behind. There's people lining the road. I think it's like spectators four deep at yeah. least. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Uh, but no, I, I, I could Photoshop that. Yeah, I think it's an issue of just, you know, people getting familiar with what the, the course is like. Um, you just hear, oh, Auburn, that's far away. I don't want to go there. I know. But, uh, but it's it's a dynamic course and it's, you know, it, it offers some really exciting racing. Have you seen the crowds that show up at Snelling? That's, you there's know. There's nothing out there. There's, there's outhouses. That's true. There's other racers that have flatted out and want to see how the race ends yeah that's a so, big turnout I mean, come out to you know anyway it, these races are over we've got other things coming up any any other great discussion points you have for local not a great discussion point more of another frowny face on the old ncnc calendar but oh, no. um uh sun power racing announced today that pescadero is off for 2018 um it sounds like they're doing some or they're uh the, the county or the state or the city is doing some road maintenance and permits are not going to be available, unfortunately. So instead That's of putting on another event on some other roads, they're going to pump the brakes and, and put it back on the calendar next year. All right. Well, in the next week, we have well Sea Otters coming up right now. We have a red kite this weekend. Um, then we're looking at Mike's Bikes, uh, Cats Hill on the 28th. I'm probably not going to do that now. Wente Road Race, Salinas Crit. And then, you know, whatever we have, Golden State um, in, what, two, three weeks, sir? So yeah, and then for the, uh, for the traveling-minded folks, Dana Point Grand Prix is on the 29th. Uh, there's usually a, a contingent of guys that double up between Cats Hill and Dana Point. Uh, the other bummer about Pescadero falling off the calendar it was the same weekend as Cascade, so that's kind of a now a totally free weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just talk real quick about the Joe Martin stage race. Great, great one for the domestic guys that they're – Keying up for Gila and then Redlands. Uh, Sam Bassetti, uh, coach at Data Driven Athlete. Um, who's he with this year? Elevate KHS. Is that? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. And last year he was with Mark Pro. He won the Sprinter's jersey. So congrats to him. Uh, otherwise, what do you have for winners and losers in the NorCal scene or anywhere? You can you can take it where you want. I can take it wherever I want. Well, thank you. Um, for losers, again, it's such a such a harsh term, but it's it's no, a bummer that winners, we're then. the winners. Well, the winners me because I got a free weekend. Um, the losers, I, I think it's just going to be the racers, unfortunately, losing two really cool races to various circumstances with Cascade falling off and and Pescadero because I think those are both you know awesome and unique races in their own right. Yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about the P12 at Auburn with uh, Mike's Bikes and Oak Valley kind of going head-to-head and Mike's Bikes taking basically one, two, four in the sprint, um, in the in the crit. Uh, who won? Garrett won, Hankins. Second was Roman, and they were right together. And then there was a little battle in second place, third place for, for third, and it was Andrew Shimizu and uh, Matt Chatlong. And Matt obviously could out-sprint him, but it looks like, Andrew was doing the team thing. So Yeah, it was uh, Garrett and Roman coming to the line together. It was one of those, oh, you take it, no, you take it, you take it. I mean, they had, they had a, a healthy gap over oh, yeah. third and fourth. And then you had Timmy Bauer getting fifth. Um, he'd been hanging out with Josh Carlene. So that was it was an interesting race. Good times watching that. My, so my winner is, is Andrew. He, he did a good job being teammate all weekend for Cam and then for Roman and Garrett on the, and plus, you know, I like Andrew. Yeah, no, he's a good good guy and definitely uh, earns winners. And you should status. check out the podium, uh, podium picture. My wife this morning was like, I saw Andrew. This guy's are so great. I liked it that they weren't that serious. They're holding him like a baby on the on the podium. It's pretty oh, cool. nice. Do you want to touch on um, Barbat briefly? Yeah, I want to go over my losers. Oh. But you want to do Barbat first? No, no, let, let's hear your losers. Well, you know you made it big when you start getting hate posted on you at, on, <laughs> online. <laughs> so we're a big time show now, Chris, because we got we got some hate posted Uh-oh. on YouTube. YouTube commenter uh, did not like my analysis of the Phil Guyman defamation issue. And if you take a look at that and you read, watch it in the whole thing, what you'll basically see is, hey, there's a lot of talk out there as someone's going to sue, if Cancel is going to sue uh, Phil Guyman for defamation. So as an attorney... I did a little breakdown and I just wanted to do it for the layman to kind of understand how it would walk through. Okay. 
And my whole point at the end is like, there's no, they're not going to get him for this. It's, it's very difficult to do, especially as a, as a public figure, you can watch it, see it. Someone did not like that. And he said, something like Christ, why don't you uh, first talk to a defamation attorney? Well, I've done those cases, but regardless, um, his, his points that he did not like about it seem to not have actually paid attention to the video. If you want to take proper criticism of me, I am all for it. Please be, please do so. Um, so anyway, my wife had a good chuckle about it. So did I. And hey, maybe maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. But check out uh, check out a defamation video, and you too can take a shot at me as well. Okay, what do you have for Barbat? Um, well, so the loser is me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you should have hyped up Guyman more in the video. And- well, I did look at the guy's page, and he he just all all on YouTube, and just seems to only like and watch Phil Guyman videos. So go figure. I like Phil Guyman. Okay. I don't. Barbat. Uh, Barbat. Let's hit up. Uh, we'll go top five for some of the major categories. P12. We're looking at uh, at bar right now. Fifth place, Jeff Bashek from Davis Bike Club. Uh, fourth place, Chris Reichert, Mike's Bikes. Third place, Jason Hammond, Sun Power Racing. They're actually tied hmm. in points. Second place, John Franz, Davis Bike Club. And uh, current leader is Jeff Linder with Tarun Elite. He's got a nine point lead over John Franz. Uh, Cat 3 is kind of wonky because some of the guys here in the top five are no longer Cat 3 racers. Uh, fifth place, Morgan Cole, Sun Power Racing. Uh, fourth place, Brian Kellison, Penn Velo. Third place, no longer a Cat 2, but still has some uh, bar points in the Cat 3. Stefan Creason, Data-Driven Athlete Racing. Second place, Jeff Scott, Data-Driven Athlete Racing. And he's actually in a numeric tie with Yatwa Mitchell, who is now a Cat 2, uh, no team listed there. So I think Jeff might have an opportunity to, to leapfrog over Yatwa uh, as time goes on here. 35 plus 1, 2, 3. Uh, fifth place, Michael Claudio, Thirsty Bear. Fourth place, Jeremy Cottle, Touchstone. Third, James Enright, Tarun Elite. Second, after a good weekend of racing, Sam Benedict with uh, Mike Spikes. And current leader, no shock here, is uh, Chris Coble, Olympic Club. Uh, looking at, let's jump into the 45, one, two, three. Fifth place is Dean LaBerge with Pete's. Fourth place, Rick Reinhardt uh, with Folsom Bike. Third place, Richard Nichols with um, Racer Research, Make-A-Wish. Second place, Jerome Nadal with Thirsty Bear. And the leader is uh, Chris Ott. Let's jump into the, um, oopsie. Go women's P12 here. So fifth place, we've got Marissa Axel with uh, JL Velo. Fourth place, Shelby Trammell with Cycle Sport. Third place, Ellie Velez, no team. Second place, Hannah Mugi with DNA Cycling. And leader is Melanie Wong with Mike's Bikes. Yeah, she has, she's been strong <clears throat> early yeah, season. Definitely. Uh, the, you got them all then? That's it. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> no. So... Look, here's what I would like to say. So I'm going to start collating through some of our Facebook, some of our YouTube, um, any other. If you guys make comments about the show, we'll, we'll, we'll pass along some of the good things. Uh, Jason Grafath always likes to make good comments. So he's got some, if there's some praise or, but the biggest thing I want to do is, um, if you like we said, we're going to be at Tour California. If you guys have some suggestions, um, people you'd like us to talk to, certain things you'd like us to do on video, <laughs> Kurt will wear his, his, his lovely sweater. Uh, give us your feedback and maybe we can, uh, can, you know, if you have some good ideas that we find are appropriate, we'll, maybe we'll do it. I've heard Kurt will do anything for the video. So keep I, that in mind. I've not heard that, but that sounds that sounds exactly like Kurt. I've heard it just now. Okay. Um, anything else you want to give us before uh, we head out for the weekend? It's a little hot in my office right now. I don't it's know, a little I don't, toasty. I don't, I don't know what the heck is going on. So yeah. what are you going to do with your downtime? Um, I can ride my bike. He, uh, cardiologist said around spin, you could spin around uh, Folsom. He said so. I'll has he been? Has he seen that most of your workouts don't leave Folsom? <laughs> spin around Folsom. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, so I'll do a little riding, not anything intense. Keep the heart rate low. Um, I I coach um, my son's uh, high school volleyball team, and looks like we they've won their division for the year. So now we're going to be preparing for the playoffs. So that's pretty exciting. Nice. So I'll be doing that. I started taking more stats during the game i've started to break down stats. i was doing a lot of collating and stat work last night for no apparent reason and with my downtime damn it chris i'm going to spend more time with my family well done no probably not i'm going to work on this podcast <laughs> uh, 
I'd start with the family. Yeah, that's why I'm still at work at six o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. It, Speaking of. Yeah. So we're out. We're done. Um, any anything? Any last parting shots, Kurt? All right. As always, useless. Yeah. Chris, any last parting uh, thoughts? No, I just uh, hope to see you back on the bike in a in a race capacity soon here. Yeah, me too. So I appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, happy to be here. All right, this is Tyler Yonke, Chris Flower, Kurt Mills. Thanks, everybody. Stay classy. Always. All right, bye.